Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. My next guest, he's one of the best in the business when it comes to analyzing the National Football League. He does it for the NFL Network, uh, for Compass Media, calling games during the year, and is one of our Odyssey NFL insiders, Mr. Brian Baldinger. How you doing, Baldy? Well, um, happy Good Friday to you, Jody. It's good to hear your voice. Good to be on with you tonight. It is my pleasure. Uh, you probably didn't catch the first se- segment, but I bemoaned the fact that I'm watching the NFL Network at 7 a.m. this morning, and I tune in, and who's sitting in the chair as the former player, but none other than Brian Baldinger making his Good Morning Football debut. You got to go on Good Morning Football for the first time when you're coming on with me later in the day? Well, you know, I had to get warmed up, Jody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was just getting warmed up this morning. That's all. You were very good this morning, uh, and I do appreciate your coming on with me today. All right, Paul, the the other NFL thing I said in my first segment was I've been following these NFL drafts for sneaking up on 40 years now. I don't remember as diverse an opinion 12 days out in the entire first round. Everybody and his brother's got a mock draft now, um, but nobody agrees on anything. I think the top uh, 25, the top 35 players are certainly pretty much uh, figured out by this point. But where they're going, what teams are interested in what players, who's going to fall where, it completely varies and differs depending on who's mock or who you're listening to or who's saying what. Are you seeing it the same way I do that there's, it, it should be a great first round in the draft because I don't know about you, but I don't know where anybody's going. Well, I think uh, you, you said a couple things there, Jody. One, I think we know who the top 25 to 35 players are. I mean, you can jumble them and juggle them every day. They're a little bit, they're in a little bit different order. But I, I think we can pretty much know who the names are right now, which isn't surprising. Um, you know, this draft thing is 365 days a year now, Jody. <laughs> Some of the mock drafts coming out before the playoffs begin. But you know, I, I do think um, that the teams have gotten much better at just keeping things in-house. And you just don't hear a lot of leagues. Like, you may see that Detroit at two could go in five different, ten different directions like you're speaking to, Joey. But we're not hearing anything from Detroit. You know, it's not coming out of their building. And I was just up at the Jets on Wednesday, and they're very, you know, airtight about what they will do, what they might do. And so I think that's a lot of it. And then the other thing, Jody, is, the really, this draft really isn't about quarterbacks. Like, we're going to follow what happens. So, I'm sure we're going to talk about them. We're going to follow what happens. So, but, you know, this isn't one of those years where Joe Burrow is a short thing. Like, he sets the table. It all starts at number two. 
We don't have that type of quarterback in this draft. And so usually the quarterbacks kind of dictate the early momentum or the early trade um, in any kind of a mock draft or leading up to it. And I think that's part of it this year. All right, since you went quarterback, I'll follow up with quarterback. I just saw that Kenny Pickett has passed on attending the NFL draft. The NFL, uh, much like the NBA, now Major League Baseball has even joined in the fray, bring in the top players so they're there, go up and get a bro hug with Commissioner Goodell and have their picture taken and the like. Kenny Pickett decided to pass. Corral and uh, uh, the kid from Liberty uh, are going to be the only two in attendance. I, I thought it would be at least three deep. It's only two deep. And if I said two, I would have guessed Pickett and uh, uh, the kid from Liberty, uh, Malik Willis. But um, why do you think Kenny Pickett took a pass? I don't know. You know, he's, uh, he was a five-year player at Pittsburgh. He started 49 games, won a game as a freshman against University of Miami. You really can't find a single flaw in his college career. I mean, the guy was stand-up guy. Uh, natural leader, team captain, like all that stuff. He's going in the first round, Jody. I don't know where, but he's going in the first round. I'm a little surprised. You know, Matt Corral, who got hurt in his bowl game against Baylor, um, I don't know that Matt Corral's going in the first round. He might have a long wait sitting in there. He might he might go, and he's got, he's got a great arm talent. But it wasn't a long career. He did get hurt, missed the offseason. Uh, he might have, you know, that camera might be on him for a long time uh, Thursday night. Uh, if I were to make a prediction on Matt Corral, he goes number 32 to the Detroit Lions because everybody likes to take that last pick in the first round for a quarterback because you get that extra year on the contract, and we know Detroit like, it could use a an upgraded quarterback, and I don't think they're taking one or two. So uh, I think they'll I be think taking that, a quarterback at 32. That reasoning and – and your, you know, your analysis on that right there, I've said that myself, that that's where I think if Detroit takes a quarterback, that's where they're going to take them. Exactly. Uh, last pick in the first round. All right. Speaking of uh, not letting information out, uh, I know the Pats director of player personnel, Matt Groh, today was uh, asked by the media to try and do a little preview before the draft. And uh, he did mention on how important wide receivers are in today's game and finding those star players in the draft and or those guys who were supposed to stop those wide receivers from making the big plays down the field, meaning the Patriots will be looking at uh, both wide receivers and cornerbacks in the first round. Is this a case of misinformation? Because you and I have also seen that before. When the information does get out from teams, it's not always the most accurate information. The Pats are usually a team that are pretty damn buttoned up. I was surprised Gross said what he did today. What do you make of it? Uh, I think um, I'm on the side, Jody, of what you said in there where there could be some misinformation in that. I mean, the, the Patriots did take Nikhil Harry three years ago in the first round. It's been a disaster. You know, if you look at Bill Belichick and how he builds teams, receivers are like the last part. You know, they've won Super Bowls with a whole bunch of guys that didn't get anywhere near the first round. And, and I agree with that. I, I, you know, if you look at the Packers and the success they've had, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, they're all second-round picks. You look at the Rams this year, they don't have first-round picks at the receiver position. Uh, you know, I, I could make the case that, you know, what he said, there was some truth in I could see the Patriots because they have done this also. And, you know, finding guys that can stop receivers from 
going uh, and scoring touchdowns, although they have done an unbelievable job, Billy, of finding free agent guys, Malcolm Butler, J.C. Jackson, and turning them into star corners. So I, I, I think that was a whole bunch of, you know, Patriot talk and putting stuff out there about what they might do. Let me ask you about a former Patriot DB. That would be Stefan Gilmore, who signed with the Colts yesterday. Over $10 million per two-year deal. Second year becomes optional as to how good he plays this year. He didn't play as well last year, and uh, I still am not understanding why Carolina even traded for him at the end of the year, but they did. Uh, you think Gilmore's got anything left in the tank? How much did the Colts upgrade by signing him? Well, two years ago, Jody, he was the defensive player of the year, and he was, uh, you know, he was as good as anybody in the business at what he was doing. Then he got hurt you know, in 2020, and he came back from an injury late this year, got signed late, uh, never really made a mark, had one interception, I think, with Carolina. I, you know, I don't know what Stephon Gilmore we're getting. He's getting up there in age now. He's very smart. He's, you know, he has been really, he was perfect in the Patriots system. So the Colts, you know, they have, you know, they signed Xavier Rhodes two years ago and people thought he was done in, in uh, Minnesota and he played two outstanding seasons with Indianapolis. And so, you know, if, if he can still play, he makes that team a lot better. Um, you know, when you're going up against A.J. Brown and some of the guys that Jacksonville just signed, Christian Kirk, and some of the guys they have, I mean, he can, he can really lock you up and shut you down. Uh, and he can take the ball away, too. I mean, he's got, he's got great ball skills. Brian Baldinger here with us on CBS Sports Radio talking about the NFL draft, which is now just 12 days away and uh, seems to be a lot of fun because there's some uh, indecision at this point, or at least for what we know. Maybe it will become all crystal clear by the time we get to Vegas uh, a little under two weeks from now. All right, let me ask you about a couple current quarterbacks in the league. Uh, one one with a team that he no longer wants to be with, and the team seems to agree that that's the case. One another that seems to want to stay, but only if he gets a contract extension and doesn't seem like there's making uh, much movement in that area. Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Start with Mayfield. Yeah, we spent a lot he, of time talking about it. I, I, I think I'm in a small camp, Jody, that I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. I was... You know, the day he walked on at Texas Tech and won the job, the day he walked on at Oklahoma and after sitting out a year, won the job. Uh, that's the Baker Mayfield I like, the one that took the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs in 2020 and was outstanding. Um, but he was hurt last year. You know, this has been an unbelievable carousel of quarterbacks on the move this offseason. And I yep. feel like in a game of musical chairs, like the game ended and he doesn't have a chair. And so I, I feel like – Kind of how he's handling this isn't really the best way to start talking about being disrespected. I mean, this is the NFL. You know, players, the only respect you get is if they're still giving you a paycheck, they're still respecting you. If they thought that Sean Watson, with all of his baggage that he has, and it's plenty, is a better player and they gave him a guaranteed contract, it's not really disrespecting. People inside that building think that Sean's a better player. That's all. And so I think Baker has to sort of – kind of lick his wounds here. This isn't a fun situation to be in. It's hard for – he might – like, I can't see him starting for Cleveland, although they might need a starting quarterback. They brought in Jacoby Brissett. Like, if I was – if I was Baker, I'd just ask for my flat-out release and kind of just forget about the money, forget about, uh, you know, the image. Just find some place, Seattle, find some place where you can go compete for a job. That, that's what I would do if I was Baker. For Kyler, like, there's – I, you know, 
I always go back to the last game these guys played. And the last game we saw Kyler play in the playoff game against the Rams, he was awful. Just awful, Jody. Like, he didn't look like a playoff quarterback. He didn't look like he was ready. He looked like it was way too big for him. Um, and, you know, he wants a good deal after three years. And there's a Preston, Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, there's other guys. Jared uh, Goff got a new contract after three years. But the teams initiated that. The teams are – like, I was Kyler. I would just go ball out this year and go get one of those big contracts next year. But, like, to sit here and say that you're, like, you're going to just kind of, you know, complain about your situation and I want a new deal, I, I, I think he's, he's out of line doing it right now. And I think the team should hold the line right now on him. And that, it's amazing that players can still do this. Now it's even easier than it used to be uh, back in your day. There's no such thing as Twitter or Instagram to take all your connections to your current team down to signal the world that you're not happy in the situation that you're in. But uh, that will be an interesting situation, the way that it plays itself out. All right, uh, Aaron Rodgers added a wide receiver, or the Packers did, for their erstwhile QB, picking up Sammy Watkins. Now, here's a guy who I'm just lost on because you, you just uh, showed how far back you go to uh, Baker Mayfield's heyday. I loved Sammy Watkins on the college level and thought he was going to be a tremendous pro. He has been good, but he had one super season, and it's been a drop-off ever since and has bounced around from team to team. Sammy Watkins got anything left in the tank for the Packers? I don't think so. This is 15 now, Jody. I mean, yeah. I keep look. One thing about Sammy I can say is he is a great person and he's a great teammate. Like, you're never going to find anybody that didn't like playing with Sammy Watkins. But he was injured twice last year in Baltimore. He's been hurt and missed games in each of the last four years. Uh, and so you're trying to build a connection with Aaron Rodgers, and if one of these injuries show up again um, and you miss time, it's going to be hard to get on the side of Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, Look, he knows how to play the game. He could help, but this isn't, you know, supplanting Devontae Adams in that offense right now. They, they need to still, you know, they still need to make a move and they need to find the receivers. But I'll say this, like, they've got, all, you know, they've got two picks in the first round, Jody, 22 and 28, and all this kind of stuff. But if you look at the history of the Green Bay Packers, not just with Aaron Rodgers, going back to Brett Favre, you have always had to wait your turn. In order to become the guy, you know, Greg Jennings had to wait his turn from Donald Driver. Jordy Nelson had to wait his turn. And Devontae waited really three years before, you know, Jordy kind of moved on before he became the guy. And so my point is things have to change in Green Bay. They, they got to get, if they pick a guy in the first round, which is unusual for them, they, don't, they haven't done it much. But if they do it, they got to work harder at getting that guy up to speed and winning the trust of the quarterback and getting him in the flow of the offense quicker than what they have shown in the past. All right, Baldy, last question, and I always try and come up with one that I don't think my guests thought I was going to ask them, um, but I know you're uh, ready, capable, and willing to answer this question. I hope. Last year, we had a bunch of first-time starters, new coaches, never having coached in the National Football League. We've got less this year, but still a couple involved. You could make the argument that Nick Sirianni was the best of the new coaches because he's the one who made the playoffs and improved the team from 4-12 and 12 to above 500, which is a pretty good move. Who's going to be the best new coach in the NFL this year? 
I, I would have to say Nathaniel Hackett uh, okay. in Denver. Uh, he, yeah. he inherits a very good defense <laughs> with a lot of good players. He's got a really good young receiving core, Cortland Sutton and, and the group there. Uh, the offensive line is above average, uh, and they've got Russell Wilson. I mean, they're, they're made to win. Now, it's a very tough division, as we all know, the AFC West. But I, I believe Denver has underachieved, in large part because they haven't fixed the quarterback situation since Peyton retired. But, you know, I, I believe that team can win. And I think I'm a believer in Nathaniel Hackett. I've known him a long time. He's been with Doug Marone and some friends of mine in this business. In college stops and NFL stops. I played for his father uh, in Dallas, Jody. I, I think Nathaniel Hackett can be a star in this business uh, as a head coach. And he landed pretty well. Usually moving away from Aaron Rodgers would be ill-advised. But if you move to a team with a good young defense and talented wide receivers, and oh, by the way, you upgraded to Russell Wilson, a quarterback, he has a pretty good job to jump into. That's why we have Brian Baldinger on, because he always comes up with the smart answers. Baldy, as always, a pleasure, my friend. You did a nice job on the NFL Network this morning. You're forgiving for one-upping me before uh, you opt out with me here tonight. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, as always, Jody. It's a pleasure being with you. Appreciate you. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.